0: Thank you, team, for that. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, we read these words. When the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order, and that's a purpose statement, for this purpose we could say, that he might redeem those under the law, that we might receive the adoption." as sons. The fullness of time is a reference to the providence of God, the unfolding of the plan of sovereignty for God to save his people from their sin. This morning, I want to talk to you on maybe a strange subject for Christmas and a strange text, okay? But I believe it's what God has for us. I want to talk to you this morning about Christmas and the providence of God. Like I said, a strange title, but it's exactly, I believe, what God wants. Would you take your Bible with me this morning? Would you stand in honor of God's word? And would you turn with me to Acts chapter 16? I'm sorry, Acts chapter 6, I think I've got 16 up there. No, 16, it's right. I was getting into the singing, I was enjoying it so much. Acts chapter 16. And we'll begin reading verse 6, okay? They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night of a man of Macedonia. He was standing and appealing to him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And we had, when he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had preached or called us to preach the gospel to them. So, putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Smothrace, and on the day following to Neapolis. And from there to Philippi, to the leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. And we were staying in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside, where we supposed that there would be a place of prayer. We sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. And a woman named Lydia, from the city of Thyatira, A seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Father, I pray you'll bless the reading and the preaching of the word of God this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you. Be seated. The providence of God is something that I think everybody in this audience today would agree with, even if we're not totally sure what the providence of God is really about. And so I felt led of the Lord this morning as I struggled through what to share on this Christmas service, what to share with you. And I felt God's impression that what I need to do is explain to you what the providence of God really is, and then relate it as best I can to this season of our life where we celebrate our Lord's birth. But beloved, listen to me. The providence of God does relate that in the fullness of time, God gave a son, okay? Oh, but it's, it's far more than that, Okay. The providence of God relates to the redemption of man, the redemption of God's people. It relates to God carrying out His decrees, His sovereign decrees. Sovereignty is God's right. It is God's rule. Sovereignty is God's power and control. God ordains it, and it, it comes to pass. God declares it. And it happens. And in his providence, it happens right on his schedule. And so providence can be defined, people define it in different ways. It can be defined this way. God, God, God's guidance. His direction over the affairs of time and man. His care. His protection. His fulfilling his sovereignty As he declares it. God declared that he would save his people from their sins. And in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. From the manger, to the cross, to the tomb, to the throne, we see the providence of God at work. Now, in our text this morning, and I don't have a lot of time, but in our text this morning, we see three areas of God's providence at work. The Apostle Paul was embarking on his second missionary journey. When you read the account of the text we just read, we find that, first of all, he was kind of pushing north, and that didn't happen. God didn't allow it. He was pushing south, and that didn't happen. God didn't Allow it. It's like God kept cutting them off. And the reason for that is because God, in His providence, had other plans. They didn't know it, but God was planning on sending the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to Europe. And He was going to use them to do it. And it wasn't until later that they began to understand it. And oftentimes, that's the way God works in our lives. Now, it took three things. First of all, keep your Bibles open and turn look at verse 6 with me because the first thing we see, it it, it takes the providential circumstances. Look at verse 6. You see the word forbidden there? That word means to prevent or to hinder. It's like that they were trying to do something good and they were trying to follow God. And they were trying to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ where no man had ever declared it before. And they kept hitting a wall that wouldn't fall. Have You ever had that happen to you? Man, I look back over my life. I I think of things that I wanted to do, all for the glory of God and good things that I wanted to do. And I kept getting a bloody nose because I kept running into a wall. That's what was happening to them. It was frustrating for them. And many times, it's frustrating for us. Look at verse 7. It says they were not permitted. It's from words which means to be left alone. It's like not having any freedom to make some kind of a decision. In verse 6, God said, not this way. Verse 7, God says, not this way. It's like they just didn't have any peace about it. You ever been there? Sometimes you run into a wall, and your nose gets bloody, and your face gets bruised, and you're wondering, God, why can't you do this? Why can't you allow this? But then there's other times in our lives we're wanting to do something and follow hard after God. And you ask yourself, there's no reason why this should not happen. This is for God, and this is for God's glory. And yet there's just something there. Something stops you. There's no peace. It's like God leaves you alone, and you just say, I can't do this, or I can't go there because I just don't have peace. That's what verse 7 was. When I surrendered to the ministry, I, I was saved on the west coast. I, uh, I felt for sure that when I surrendered and then went to a seminary that I would end up on the West Coast. And, and I had told my wife, I said, you know, the uh, first thing she told me, she said, well, I didn't marry a preacher. And I said, I didn't want to be a preacher. Um, but I said, Paula, if God's in it, we're going to do it. And she said, okay. And I said, we're going to end up in Oregon. And she said, what? I said, well, that's, you know, that's where my heart is. That's where I came, to, I came to know the Lord on the West Coast. And told my mother-in-law that went over really well. And, uh, but, you know, God just didn't allow that. There were some things he did like a wall, but there were just some things inside that I couldn't understand and I couldn't explain, but God just didn't allow that. For you see, in God's providence, God wanted us to come to Bryan, Arkansas. And that's the picture we have in verse 6 and verse 7. Look at at verse 9 and 10. Those are important. A vision appeared when he had seen the vision, verse 10. Immediately, notice the word sought. We sought to go into Macedonia. And then the word concluding, concluding God had called us. The word sought means to analyze or to kind of inquire. Read into that prayer meeting, okay? Man, they couldn't go here. There was a wall. They couldn't go there. There was no peace. Then there was this dream in the night that Paul had. And so he got his team together, and they began to seek out God, inquire of God to pray. When they got through praying, all of a sudden, they concluded. That word means to unite, to be united. Literally, from a word meaning to walk together. They sought God. They realized it was from God, and they came to a consensus. This is of God. Lotus verse 11. Straight course, it says. You see, when they found God, guess what happened? The wind was at their backs, and they traveled 156 miles in two days. On their return trip, it would take five days. Isn't it amazing that when God gets into something, how it comes to pass? Sometimes it comes quickly and easily. Sometimes not so quickly, not so easy, but I'll guarantee you because in the providence of God when he declares it, It's going to come to pass. And it did. D. Campbell Morgan called those divine movements of God. Now, Again, do you see what's happening here? God decreed that the gospel of Jesus Christ was going to spread. And in God's providence and in God's times, it happened, even though they couldn't see it. Let me tell you where I came up with this message and it bothered. I was so mad. I told our staff, I was so mad at God this week. I'd been studying for two weeks in John chapter 1. Great, great Christmas passage, you know, and I thought, man, God, we got this until about Tuesday of this week, and I slammed right into a wall. I go, "Uh uh-oh, and then I kept trying to force it I kept trying to dig it I would make notes and I'd write this thing down and there was, there was just no peace in it and then about Tuesday evening I began to realize especially Wednesday morning that that wasn't God's will for our church today that's called the providence of God now do you realize how important that is for you For you see, there are probably some things going on in your life you may not like. There's probably some things going on in your life you may not fully understand. But the truth of providence is very important because God is at work in your life. God is at work in my life. And God is at work in the life of the church to guide us, protect us, provide for us, because he has decreed some things. When God decrees it, it comes to pass, even if we're not sure. Can I tell you that in the fullness of time, in the providence of God, there are some providential circumstances that God has to work through. Some lost, some loved one. Well, what pain. The man back there, in eight days, is going to celebrate 71 years of marriage but his wife now has Alzheimer's, doesn't even know who he is most of the time. He told me this morning, and they told me I could share this. We've had no kids. God's plan was we had no kids. In almost 71 years of marriage, we've never really had a fight. He's missed a great blessing. (laughs) What is it? Beloved, it's the providence of God leading 71 years of marriage in this culture, in this age. Explain that. God's hand. God's providence. 71 years they've been together. Now our mind is fleeting. God's at work in his life, his wife's life, and in your life as well. It's called the providence of God. Secondly, look at verse 13 and 14. Because not just divine circumstance, this is incredible to me, divine or providential conviction. I, I want to I read 13 and, and 14 to you. Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside where we were supposing there would be a place of prayer. We sat down began speaking to the women who had assembled, A woman named Lydia, some call it Lydia, I think you can pronounce it either way. From the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God. She was listening. And now notice the Lord opened her heart to to respond to the things spoken by Paul. It's amazing. Here's a Gentile hanging out with Jews. Anytime there was a collection of at least 10 males, there had to be a synagogue. There wasn't even 10 males. If there had been a synagogue there, she would have never been there. Divine circumstance, you see. Paul saw a vision of a man. The man turned out to be a woman. Paul had been trying to preach the gospel in Asia, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow it. And yet the first convert in Europe was from where? Asia. You get it? Notice notice about Lydia. She was a worshiper of God. The gang, she wasn't saved. She gathered with God's followers. But gang, she wasn't saved. She was a lady of prayer. She met with the ladies who prayed. But guess what? She wasn't saved. She believed in God. somehow in her mind, she began to realize there's only one God, one true God. So she believed in God again, she wasn't saved. And I want to tell you today, our churches are filled with people like that. They gather in some abstract sense. They worship, maybe sing a few songs. They get in a bind and in a tide. What do they do? They pray. They believe there's only one God. But guess what? Like Lydia, they're not saved. And our churches are filled like that. What happened? God decreed. And in God's providence, God opened her heart. And she responded to the gospel message. Oh, listen. She was looking for something. She was listening to the divine message. And in the fullness of time, God granted her a gift. The gift of grace. The gift of faith. The gift of repentance. And the Bible says God opened her heart and she was saved. And beloved, that's the only way a person is changed for eternity. He or she responds to the gift of God. According to God's decree. According to God's providence. And when you understand that truth then Christmas becomes far more than a baby in a manger. Now listen to me for a moment. Salvation is far more than gathering together. Should we gather together? Oh, yeah. gang, I like looking at you, like some of you. you know. Man, I can't wait for Sunday. I, there's a little tension in my gut because of my responsibility, but I, I can't make a week without gathering with God's people. But that's not salvation, you see. Salvation is more than even worshiping in some abstract sense, singing a few songs. We got a lot of people singing songs. Man, I, we were out yesterday and, and uh, we were walking around Old Washington, you know, and, and uh, people, a lot of people singing songs, you know. Salvation is not just singing, worshiping in an abstract sense. Salvation is not just praying, everybody prays especially when they're in a bind, okay? Salvation is a holy encounter with the living God. Such a holy encounter that it changes and transforms your life. Radically alters your desires. You see, we might have this idea about God. But when you have a holy encounter with God, everything changes. Behold, all things become new. And it's seed in your life as you live. I look through the little thing back over the 18 years here. My goodness, there are some folks that are different than when we started. How does a hard man become soft? How does a mean guy? become like sugar candy. You know how? They have a holy encounter with a living God that totally transforms their life. In fact, look at verse 15. Here's our thirty, our Providential compassion. She was baptized, which is obedience. There was hospitality. You judge me to be faithful. Come into my house and stay. Oh, listen, beloved. When people are saved, when people come to know the Lord Jesus, oh, behold, behold, all things do pass away. and Behold, all things become new. In the fullness of time, God decided to send forth His Son, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. For this purpose, that they may be adopted as sons into God's eternal family. Has that happened to you? Has it? Has there been a holy encounter? I, I'm not asking. Do you like going to church? I, or even gathering and singing? I'm not asking. Do you pray at times? I'm not asking you. Do you believe in the one true God? Deists do that. What I'm asking you this morning, have you had a holy encounter with the eternal God that radically transforms your life? You see, salvation's providential, and that's what makes Christmas so special. One of my favorite preachers, Alistair Begg, says, Providence is the servant of grace, and I like that. When Kurt Warner, the great football player, retired, uh, he had a like a news conference, and he was announcing it and all of that. I'm going to read to you what he said. He said, if there's one thing I've learned from reading this thing, and he, and he held up the Bible, if there's one thing I've learned from reading this thing is that it's a bunch of stories about average people where God came in and did something extraordinary with them. He said, to me, that's exactly what he did with my life. Now, none of us in this room are going to be professional football players. In fact, most of us were never very that, not very good at that moment in our life anyway. Of course, as we get older, we're getting better. None of us. But you see what he said applies When God comes into your life, he takes somebody ordinary. He puts his spirit in them, and they become extraordinary. That's called grace. And it happens because God decreed it. And in the providence of time, God makes it happen. It's amazing to me over the years. uh, My father-in-law is a good example of that. Uh, Annie, your hubby, all those young... They're not a better man, right? You said it. What a hubby. What a daddy. Guys, what a grandpa. But at 80 81, in the fullness of time, God opened his heart to respond to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And you see, God knew. That old boy had just a few months to live. He got saved right on time. And now he's with Jesus. The sovereignty of God working with the providence of God. What he declares comes to pass. And in the fullness of time, God gave his son to die on a cross to redeem his own. Now here's our question. Has that happened? Has there been a holy encounter with the living God in your life? Let's bow for a moment. Barbara's going to come for just a moment. Would you take just a deep breath and look inside? I'm not asking you Do you pray. Or sing, or gather. I'm not asking you this morning if you believe that there's only one God. What I'm asking this morning, has there been a moment, an encounter with God that changed everything? Father, in these few moments, prepare our heart to receive what we're supposed to receive in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. Don and I are going to be here. If there's a decision that you would like to make, we invite you to come. We'll help you any way we can.